Howdy, and welcome to Wise About Texas, your award-winning Texas history podcast. I'm your host, Ken Wise. Thank you very much for tuning in today for a little Texas history. I hope uh, everyone has had a good summer. This podcast is being released in early August 2021. Uh, we're winding down the summer. School starts early this year for some reason, getting the kids ready. Uh, I want to thank everybody for supporting this podcast. It continues to grow, um, and I really, really appreciate that. I had a wonderful event recently. I had the opportunity to speak at a meeting of the San Jacinto descendants who are direct uh, descendants of the defenders or of the uh, people that fought at San Jacinto in the Texian army and they presented me their, their San Jacinto award for contributions to Texas history in connection with this podcast and I share that with you to say that that award belongs to you as well. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if it wasn't being heard by so many people. I get some great feedback. Keep it coming. Tell me your stories. I've got uh, the list of future topics just keeps growing. And uh, I really, really appreciate that. I hope that uh, you got away a little bit from the heat and the vacation. I got to see Mount Rushmore for the first time on July 4th, which was a great American experience. I got to tell you, it was really special to be there with several hundred when we arrived, several thousand when we left, fellow Americans all there to pay tribute to this great country, the greatest country in the world. It was a fabulous experience, and I hope your summer was equally meaningful. Um, One of the things that we do when we travel is, uh, all of us really, and not just me, is look for a historical site, something that can tell you about a place, and often that involves statues, or other public art, because that really tells you something about the history of a place. So today I thought I would tell you a a rather amusing story about a statue of one of our own Texas heroes, Sam Houston. Now I got the idea for this story, and full credit goes to a very good friend of mine and former colleague on the district court bench, Judge Mark Davidson. Judge Davidson has led the way in preserving court records, not just in Harris County, but across the state of Texas. He is a great historian great author and speaker on Texas history and a good buddy of mine. So let's go back to the 1920s and get wise about Texas. I'm certain that nobody listening to this podcast would be surprised that a city in Texas would commission a statue of the hero of San Jacinto, Sam Houston. In fact, in the 20s, there was an effort underway to place a bust of General Houston in every high school in the state. Well, also in the early 20th century, Houston, Texas, was designing a large civic park called Herman Park. George Herman, a a timber baron, had donated some land, and the park would eventually contain the Houston Zoo, an outdoor amphitheater, various gardens, and there was a circle designated to place a monument. So a fundraising campaign began to fund a statue for the Monument Circle. An organization called the Women's City Club ended up leading and raising about $40,000. The city of Houston kicked in some money, about $10,000. The state of Texas added some money, about $25,000. And the idea was to uh, build a monument to Sam Houston, the city's namesake. Totally appropriate. 
and several sculptors submitted designs. And one of the sculptors was a gentleman named Enrico Siracchio. Now, I don't speak Italian. I hope I pronounced that correctly. That's how I'm going to pronounce it. And I'm not going to tell you how it's spelled, so you can't call me out on it. Uh, Siracchio was born in 1880. He was born in a town called Castel Vetro Valforture, Italy. In 1900, he had become a sculptor, and he immigrated to the United States, settling in Houston. Now, that's interesting because the early 1900s, late 1800s, early 1900s, there was a large Italian immigrant community settling in Houston, which has gone on to be a very vibrant and interesting part of Houston, and he was on the front end of that. He became a naturalized citizen in 1905, and he made his living doing sculpture. In fact, if you go to the newspaper, the Houston newspaper back in uh, the 1920s, I'm looking at one copy, or actually earlier than that, I'm looking at an ad for Munn's department store in Houston in 1915. And this ad is fascinating. You've got uh, what you typically see at a department store. You got hats for men. You got men's clothing, women's clothing. They advertise 1,000 silk dresses. They sell refrigerators. They sell rugs, parasols. Uh, one headline says, quote, Easter clothing for the boy, close quote. And uh, one ad in the lower right corner, one part of this ad, says uh, art department. So department stores back then had art departments, and they're advertising beautiful landscapes in oil. Um, but they also say in another paragraph that Signor or Signore Enrico Siracchio, an Italian sculptor of note who is now associated with our art gallery, announces he is ready to make masks from any face very reasonably or to model from life in clay. So not only could you get Easter clothes for your child, uh, a men's suit, and a woman's dress, you could also get a sculpture made of yourself. So uh, I am deeply disappointed uh, that the art department of the department stores had been disbanded by the time I was growing up because uh, it would have been nice to at least have the opportunity to get a sculpture of yourself at the uh, Sears or JCPenney point is, Siracchio was rather popular. I actually found another picture in a Houston newspaper of people on the street in Houston um, lining the sidewalk looking in the window of Munns as Siracchio did his work. So this was a big deal. And Siracchio was no slouch. He, uh, he won some awards or some recognition when he sculpted uh, an American doughboy sculpture after World War One, and he presented one to an Italian general, uh, and he presented another to General John J. Pershing. It was presented by the city of Houston, but it was Siracchio's sculpture. After the subject of this story, he went on to sculpt Governor uh, Miriam Ma Ferguson. Shortly after he did Sam Houston, he did a bust of Confederate General John Wharton, which is in the state cemetery. He also sculpted uh, Vice President John Nance Garner from Uvalde, Texas. He sculpted Jesse Jones. He sculpted uh, busts of Albert Einstein, of Rudolph Valentino. Um, eventually, he not only had a studio in Houston, but also New York City. So he was quite the accomplished artist. But back in 1924, he submitted 
the proposal for the Sam Houston sculpture. Now, the selection of the artist was going to be done by a committee. And the committee was headed up a Mrs. Stewart, but also on the committee was Judge Charles Ash of the 11th District Court, and that's going to become important in a few minutes. So the committee eventually selects Seracchio as the sculptor that they want. Uh, the money is dedicated, and Seracchio gets to work. The statue is installed in August of 1925 to much acclaim. The National Geographic Society recognized it in a bulletin. It was at that time going to be the second largest equestrian statue in the world when it was completed. Seracchio actually completed it in New York, and it was going to be cast in bronze in New York. And uh, Seracchio, the Houston paper reported when Seracchio had completed it and attended to its casting. And the New York papers reported on that event, too. So the entire nation was eagerly anticipating Seracchio's statue of Sam Houston. A granite base for the statue was going to be made in Llano, Texas, near the granite quarries of the hill country. And everyone agreed it was a beautiful, magnificent, and fitting tribute to Sam Houston. Well, everyone except one person, Andrew Jackson Houston, the youngest descendant, the youngest child of Sam Houston. Andrew Jackson Houston was born at Independence, Texas, where Sam and Margaret lived in 1854. He attended uh, different schools, including at one point West Point. Uh, he also attended Baylor University, which was located in Independence. Um, in 1874, he was a member of the Travis, Travis Rifles, which were enlisted to protect the uh, new post-Reconstruction Democrat legislature, and if you want to hear more about that great story, go to episode nine, where I talked about the armed uh, standoff in the Capitol. So Houston was part of that. Uh, he became a lawyer and was the clerk for the federal court in Tyler from 1879 to 1889, 10 years. Um, he ran for governor as a Republican, though they had no chance to win. That was 1892. In 1898, he raised a company of Rough Riders for Teddy Roosevelt. As you may know, uh, Theodore Roosevelt was in Texas recruiting Rough Riders for the Spanish-American War in San Antonio. After Roosevelt became president, he appointed Andrew Jackson Houston as the United States Mar Marshal in East Texas. Houston, after resigning as Marshal, practiced law in Beaumont. He was made the superintendent of the San Jacinto Battleground for quite a while and published a book about his father's role in the Texas Revolution. It's called Texas Independence. That was published in 1938. Now, we're getting a little ahead of the statue, but I want to tell you the end of Andrew Jackson Houston's career because it's pretty interesting. U.S. Senator Morris Shepard from Texas died in April 1941. The governor during this time was W. Lee O'Daniel. His nickname was Pappy, Pappy O'Daniel. Uh, don't worry, we're going to do an episode on Pappy O'Daniel sometime soon because he's quite the character. Well, Pappy O'Daniel wanted to be the senator. He wanted to replace Shepard, but he was going to have to appoint or thought he was going to have to appoint a different person 
as senator until and then run and win a special election. And so he wanted to find somebody to appoint. Daniel O'Daniel wanted to find somebody to appoint that not only wouldn't run against him, but also wouldn't really be any kind of political presence or threat until such time as the election could be run. So O'Daniel came up with the idea of appointing Andrew Jackson Houston. Now, by this time, Andrew Jackson Houston was in his late 80s, and he was very infirm. But O'Daniel appointed him anyway, and if he made it uh, to the oath of office, he would be the oldest person ever to serve in the United States Senate. Now, think about how crafty that was on the part of O'Daniel. He would get all his attention for appointing who would become the oldest senator in the history of the United States. But there was some doubt whether he would make it. Um, Houston's daughters did not want him to even go to Washington, but he did it. He traveled to Washington, D.C. He took the oath of office in the Senate chamber, becoming the oldest person to be sworn into the Senate. He attended one committee meeting, and he introduced two bills, both of which concerned the preservation of his father, Sam Houston's memory. And then he was hospitalized, and he died on June 26th. So he served as senator from June 2nd to June 26th. But uh, his service created the longest father-son lifespan in Senate history. Think about this. Sam Houston, his father, was born during the first term of President George Washington. And his son, Senator Andrew Jackson Houston, died in the third term of Franklin Roosevelt's presidency. So that's pretty remarkable. But let's go back to that statue of Senator Houston's father. In short, he hated it. He hated it so much that he actually filed a lawsuit over that statue. The lawsuit was filed in the 80th District Court in Harris County. And let me quote you one paragraph from this lawsuit. He sued, by the way, um, he sued Seracchio, the sculptor. sculptor. He sued the city of Houston. Uh, He sued the Sam Houston Memorial Association, uh, headed up by Mrs. Stewart, and that was the association um, that raised the money from the various entities I mentioned earlier. And here's what he says in the second paragraph of the lawsuit. Quote, in the modeling and preparation of said statue, that's the statue of Sam Houston, the said Enrico Seracchio has utterly disregarded and ignored all authentic photographs, paintings, or busts, or evidence of a correct likeness or reproduction of the said General Houston, although numerous and ample evidence was offered him or could have been easily obtained. And the said Seracchio has erected an idealistic and fantastic statue of a man on horseback that does not bear one characteristic of the said General Sam Houston or even a fair representation or reproduction of a common specimen of the Anglo-Saxon race to which the said General Sam Houston belonged, and that so far as said statue being a reproduction of the said General Sam Houston, the same is a complete failure. Uh, Incidentally, that paragraph's kind of interesting, the part about the Anglo-Saxon race, because the judge of the court at the time was Judge Campbell, who was a Klansman. He had uh, won the the KKK had swept the Democrat primaries, and and uh, Campbell 
was an infamous member of the Klan. So I don't know if that was by accident or not. Here's the injury. Andrew Jackson Houston uh, threatened that he would suffer, and it's in the fifth paragraph. By reason of the fact of such a misrepresentation or caricature of his honored father, if any name or designation is placed upon or about said statue, identifying it as a representation of the said General Houston, the plaintiff, that's Andrew Jackson Houston, will be greatly chagrined and humiliated because the face of said statue, as shown by photographs of it, bears no resemblance to the face of the said General Sam Houston as known to the plaintiff herein, besides the figure of the said statue is a pronounced deformity of the human figure. So Andrew Jackson Houston did not like that statue, but he had a little problem. Everybody else did, including Andrew Jackson Houston's own older sister, whose name is Antoinette Power Houston Bringhurst, and her she went by Nettie. The defendants, of course, were obligated to respond, and they filed a type of pleading asking essentially that the judge dismiss the case that it had no merit on its face. And here's one of the things that they wrote, quote, and defendants further show that by the terms of plaintiff's original petition, defendants are and were actuated by genuine and honest purpose to do honor to the memory of General Sam Houston, and that such purpose has been carried out and is being carried out in an appropriate and orderly manner by reputable and high-minded citizens of the state of Texas and individuals in sacred and good faith for worthy ends. And for this reason, plaintiff's original petition is insufficient. In other words, they're saying, hey, judge, we mean well, and we're important people. You ought to dismiss it. They go on to say the following, quote, defendants show that plaintiff does not allege that defendants are proposing to do or have done anything in the conception and carrying out of the work of erecting the equestrian monument to General Sam Houston that could or would unpleasantly affect the mental condition of the plaintiff or of any sound, reasonable, and intelligent man or woman or bring opprobrium or ridicule upon General Sam Houston's name. Close quote. So that was a little shot at Andrew Jackson Houston that nobody in their right mind would think this was anything but a wonderful tribute and a great statue. Well, those pleadings came before Judge Campbell, and Judge Campbell agreed with the majority of folks that the statue was a wonderful tribute to General Houston and an important civic monument in the state of Texas and the city of Houston and dismissed Senator Andrew, soon-to-be Senator Andrew Jackson Houston's case. And the fair likeness of... General Houston stands to this day in the city of Houston's Herman Park. By the way, that statue is of Houston on a horse, and he is extending his right arm pointing somewhere. And if you stand at the statue with your map or your phone or what have you, you will note that the statue of General Houston points directly at the San Jacinto Battleground. Well, now we come to the part of the episode I call Getting There, where I tell you how to go see some of the things we talked about. And of course, we're going to talk about the Sam Houston statue. So I'm going to tell you how to get there. If you're coming from downtown Houston, you go south on Main Street until you come to Herman Park and you will run almost into that statue. You cannot miss it. It is worth parking 
uh, getting out and looking at it. It's absolutely beautiful. I must disagree with Andrew Jackson Houston. I think it's a wonderful likeness of the general. While you're there, look at the arm pointing towards San Jacinto and uh, maybe head over there for a quick visit. You can never go there often enough. Well, that wraps it up for this episode of Wise About Texas. Uh, Look for us on social media, Instagram and Twitter at Wise About Texas. There's a Wise About Texas Facebook page. Please like and share it. If you have a minute, leave a five-star review for the podcast. We've got a ton of reviews relative to other podcasts, and I really appreciate that. It helps people find the show. And if you want to support the preservation and promotion of Texas history, you can go to patreon.com slash wise about texas thanks again for listening go out and do something for texas today and until next time god bless texas and we'll see you down the road